Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. After a crazy first day of CFL free agency, I'll talk to Brandon Alexander of the Blue Bombers. Just re-signed with the team. His defense just got a lot better with Willie Jefferson. What does he think of that? Plus, Ed Tate of BlueBombers.com will break down their moves and some of the moves around the league. As well, the Winnipeg High School Hockey League playoffs are underway. We'll talk with their president, Data Gordon, on the podcast. A ton of free agency news in the CFL today. The big names, Mike Riley going to the BC Lions. Trevor Harris going to the Edmonton Eskimos to replace him, basically. Both of those teams making a ton of signings. Winnipeg re-signing Nick Dembski and signing Willie Jefferson. Early this morning, they announced they'd re-signed defensive back Brandon Alexander, and Brandon joins the CJB Sports Show now. Brandon, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing well. How was your day watching all this from at home? Oh, well, my, my day has been good just because of the fact that uh, I'm glad that I got, you know, my day done. Thing, and I'm glad to see that there's a couple guys coming back as well. So uh, my game is doing pretty good, actually. What do you think about Willie Jefferson joining your defense? Oh, I'm excited. Uh, I know playing against him last year was uh, was different and crazy because he just made plays all around the field. I still can't uh, get that play where he intercepted the ball against us and ran it back at least like 80-some yards. Uh, basically, uh, he's just a, a freak of nature in a sense. You know, he's a tall, big guy that can run, and uh, you know, he's a phenomenal player. That's a that's a tremendous piece to our asset that we have over here. How does it change the secondary's job when you have really strong pass rushers? Well, it, it works both ways. When you have uh, good pass rushers, then um, the quarterback has to throw the ball pretty quickly because, you know, he doesn't have a lot of time and that gets the DBs a little bit antsy because we know that the ball has to come out pretty fast. So uh, it works hand-to-hand along with, you know, with good coverage, uh, you know, the defense line can get home. So at the end of the day, you know, both working both ways and uh, having that ability to have the D-line and the DB group just working together in that sense, uh, it's going to be great. I'm very excited to, to see how everything is put together. Looking around the league, uh, watching the signings of Mike Riley, Trevor Harris, what did you think of all the player movement today? Oh, it's, uh, it's definitely been a, a show today as far as uh, for agency and everything. And uh, I mean, Mike Riley stayed in the West, so it's not like he, he went anywhere differently. Uh, we're still going to have to play him you know, through the season and, and throughout the playoffs, and uh, we'll have to see Trevor Harris a little bit more uh, often now. So, you know, I know they got a lot of weapons, on their end as well, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter about you know who they bring in as far as their team and everything. I know they got great guys, but it matters about what we do in our organization and what we have over here at Winnipeg. And uh, you know, as long as we got our pieces together, we'll be fine and we'll be ready for that. Nick Dembski also announcing that, or, or the team announcing Nick Dembski's back. Uh, what's he like in the locker room? He's uh, definitely a, a, a good guy in the locker room and on and off the field, you know, he, he carries himself as such as far as, you know, on the field, he's very versatile, he's very different. Uh, I remember playing against him in Saskatchewan back in 2017 and, uh, you know, I didn't know he had all that versatility until he came to us and knowing that he can punt return, he can do a lot of things on offense and he carries that way about himself like he knows, you know, exactly what he has to do. He does that off the field as far as uh, the type of person he is. He's a funny guy to be around. You know, he cracks jokes and stuff like that all the time. And, you know, he has a locker uh, 
uh, not across from me, but kind of in an angle where I can see them you know, all the time. And, you know, it's just basically it's that whole locker room. It's, it's just a phenomenal place to be at. And, you know, having that desk get back is just great uh, for our organization. And, uh, you know, we're great to have them. Do you ever go up against them in practice? Oh, without question. I still remember a couple times last year where he ended up awesome me a couple of times. I'll I, I give it to him that he got a few more. Uh, upper hand on me. He got a little upper hand on me. He probably got maybe two or three passes more than I got deflections on him. So uh, he definitely made a, a pretty good plays on me. Uh, you know, and he had, actually he has one uh, one one hand catch on me that he made in the end zone against me at practice. So I got to get him back for that this year. Nice. So when you're looking at the player signings, you see players like Javon Santos Knox, Kevin Fogg uh, signing elsewhere on your defense. Do you worry about where all these players are going or do you just say, you know what, my team's going to do what it's going to do and I'm going to worry about my job? Well, at the end of the day, uh, it it goes both ways just because I have personal relationships with Kevin Fogg and uh, Santos and, you know, those guys are really close to me. I came in with Santos actually in 2017 and we've been tight-knitted ever since. So, um, this decision was very tough for him at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I spoke to him, you know, not too long ago and, you know, it's it just, at the end of the day, you don't know what happens, gonna ha- what's going to happen in free agency and uh, and same thing with Kevin Fall. Me and him had a, a great relationship last year and grew to uh, you know, be brothers in a sense at the end of the day. And so, uh, again, we always have long conversations about where everybody's going to go, but, you know, I'm happy for them. I'm glad that they're able to uh, be on a different team and, and start new and, and, and be able to, you know, contribute in their own sense. So, uh, and then it goes to the other side where uh, it kind of doesn't matter at the end of the day because now they're not in the locker room and, you know, we have to do We have to deal with what we have in our locker room. And so, uh, it does go both ways, but at the end of the day, they're all long-time friends that I'll you know, never forget and everything, and I still talk to them. Finally, Brandon, for you to decide to come back to Winnipeg, kind of leaving it to right before free agency, was there any temptation to test the waters to see what other teams had to offer? I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like you know anybody who's about to be a free agent uh, always wonder if free agency is the right move, and uh, you know, for myself, I feel like it wasn't going to be a good move only because of the fact that I knew that, you know, Winnipeg wanted me. I wanted to be in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, Winnipeg was the only team that gave me an opportunity once I came out of uh, once I came out of college. And, you know, I was on a two-year span when I, when I was just teaching. And, you know, Winnipeg just called me up and, and offered me an opportunity to, to come play for their club. So, uh, I mean, our 2017 year, we got to the playoffs and lost our first game, and then 2018, you know, we got to the second game in the playoffs and ended up losing. So uh, we have something that we're building here, here, here in Winnipeg, and, uh, you know, we have opportunity to, to skyrocket, and we have this train going, and, you know, why stop the train? You know, it took a little time, but at the end of the day, you know, I knew where my heart was, and it's in Winnipeg, and so I don't want to stop that train. I see where everything is going, and, you know, we're well prepared for it. All right, Brandon. Well, thank you very much for joining me tonight on the sports show and uh, best of luck through your offseason. We'll check in with you later on. All righty. Thank you. Winnipeg High School Hockey League playoffs got underway last night with preliminary round action that continued today and all week. Joining me now, Dana Gordon, president of the WHSHL. Dana, how excited are you for this time of year? Very, very exciting. It's been a long season, long haul. Players have been playing their hearts out all year long, and uh, this is what it's all for. 
The so, big show. So the, I guess, explain the playoff format. Does every team get a chance to play in the playoffs? Uh, yes, every team right now gets a chance to play in the playoffs. We have our three divisions. Uh, our platinum division, of course, has uh, a break in it as well uh, because it is so large. Um, so we broke it up. Um, so every team gets, a, gets, gets to play in the playoffs. The preliminary rounds are all starting this week, and they run from Monday to Friday. Um, and they're all best of three, uh, all best of three series. And uh, depending on how many teams were in each division, dependent always dependent on how many teams got buys into the into the quarterfinal round, which begins next week. So every team plays that's in the preliminary rounds that doesn't have a buy plays for best of three. Um, we reseed the divisions at the end of the week. Uh, our uh, our special events team does a great job of reseeding teams, and then they uh, they set up their next uh, the next round. And the quarterfinals continue on, and so on and so forth, until we get to the finals, which take place at the MTS Icebox at the end of February and first week of March. So, what determines whether a team is in the A, B, or C division? Um, well, back at the beginning of the season, um, when tryouts happen, the teams all uh, have a form that they fill out, and we have a competition committee, as we call it. Um, so, there, there's certain amounts of points allotted to. Uh, each player on the team, uh, one being how, how many grade 12s there are on the team, what level of play they had played before. So AAA players would receive a different, uh, a different amount of points than, say, someone who was in a one, uh, how many returning players to the league, et cetera. So there was a whole series, there's a whole series of, um, of qualifications that that committee uses to determine. And then before we make our schedules, they, uh, in fact, will let the teams know which division that they fell into. Um, divisions has teams have the right to sort of speak to the speak to where they were put should they want to be either moved up or moved down with with valid reasons and we consider that but this year it worked out quite well the divisions are very very even and I know that we had some trouble it was really tight at the end to try to see who was going to end up in what position in each of those divisions so it worked out quite well we talked a lot before the season about uh, Churchill and their plight to try to get a team on the ice this year. They did. They are the ninth seed in the B division. How did their season go? Um, I, again, unfortunately, because I'm not actually affiliated with any team, I don't get to see uh, a whole lot of games. But uh, from where I, where, where, what we heard, uh, they held their own. They played really well. And uh, they, they were definitely put in the right, right division. And uh, they've, they've managed to... Um, Feel a very competitive team, and we're very happy. So the two top seeds in the very top division are Vincent Massey and St. Paul's, and anybody that follows any high school sports in the city likely is not surprised to hear that. No, it's usually uh, St. Paul's is always up there, and 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 some of those big four A sports. So it's 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 never a surprise, but it's uh, it's always uh, fun for the players to compete, and. Uh, uh, in a best of three situation, you come up against a hot goalie. It can really be anybody's. It, it can really be anybody's to win. That being said, so it's. Um, but yeah, it's 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 never really a huge surprise. But it's um, it's it's where they belong. That's the, that's the quality of the team that they have, and they're they're very they're very talented uh, organizations, both them and Vincent Massey. So well deserved. And so they do the uh, the first round this week, then quarterfinals or the quarterfinals are this week. Then they do semifinals next week. Um, no, it's this is the preliminary round. Okay. So the teams that have buys this week don't they can practice. Quarterfinals run from next Tuesday to Friday. Um, then the semifinals run the following week, and our uh, our platinum division finals both series 
uh, will run at the Ice Plex from Monday, February 25th. Game two would be both game twos are the 26th. And then games three necessary would be the 27th and the 28th. I'm not sure which dates those would be falling on. There's two different dates. We have to have the A division finish because of the MHS AA Provincials. Okay. And so, so they have to be done. So they do wild card games. And then the Price and the Free Press division finals are March 5, 6, 7, 8. And so these top divisions are the, I guess the first couple rounds are all at their kind of local home ranks. And then the finals are at the Iceplex. Yeah, it's a home it's a home away series, so the higher the higher ranked team gets the two home games if there's a game three required, and all the finals are at the MTS X Plus. Cool. So yeah, this is a, a pretty fun time to be a, a high school hockey player, I imagine. It, it's it's very exciting, and we get really good crowds. It's it's really good hockey. Um, it's it's uh, there. All the results should are on our website, and will be there's a should be an ad in the paper uh, talking about the times for the games at the finals, and it's it's. It's a really exciting time for the players, the coaches, and the league in general. Well, Dan, I appreciate your time tonight, and uh, enjoy the playoffs. Thanks, Christian. Take care. It's a busy day in the CFL. Lots of free agent signings. We talked a lot about the big names out west with Mike Riley, Trevor Harris, Greg Ellingson. Uh, but we're going to stick with the Blue Bombers now as we welcome in Ed Tate, Director of Content for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Was your day uh, busier or less busy than you thought it would be, Ed? You know, that's a good question. I think everybody, uh, when you sign up to, to do this stuff, you go to CFL free agency expecting to be overwhelmed. And uh, I think I was overwhelmed by what was happening around the league. Still a little bit busy on the bomber front with uh, Brandon Alexander re-signing in the morning and then Nick Kemsky testing the market for a little while before coming back with the Bombers and then the big one with Willie Jefferson uh, signing later in the afternoon. So, you know, fairly busy, probably not as busy as my colleagues in, in Edmonton or Vancouver no. would have been today. Absolutely. We just, I talked with Morley Scott of Chad earlier uh, and he was just blown away by his day, you know, doing a lot of running around with Edmonton signing almost 10 different pretty marquee players the Bombers, their big signing, though, is Willie Jefferson today. How does he change the defense of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I think he changes it dramatically, Christian, because for a few reasons. One, I, you know, I'm not sure that there's uh, a difference maker like Willie Jefferson at that position in the league. I mean, there's good rush ends. There's guys that get after the quarterback, Jackson, Jeffcoat, Craig Rowe, or a couple here in Winnipeg, but, you know, Sean Lemon. Those guys that get after the quarterback real well, but what we saw in the last couple of years in, in Saskatchewan and even in Edmonton under Chris Jones is that Willie Jefferson's such a freakish athlete. They can drop him back into coverage. Uh, he's a converted receiver from his college days. And I think that shows at times with his ability to, to you know, pick off passes. And we saw him sw- uh, swat down pass attempts at the line of scrimmage. He just does so much with that six foot six frame of his, um, you know, and you could make the case now that, the Bombers have two of the best defensive players in the league on, on their defense and Willie Jefferson and Adam Big Hill. And, and so I, I just think it's going to free up more space for Jeff Cote on the other, other end, but I just think it gives the Bombers defense that much more flexibility and perhaps that many more different things they can try to look, uh, do in terms of the different defensive looks. And a lot has been thought about with the Bombers secondary. I know a lot during last season with the Bombers defense getting hit with some big plays 
And we see today nothing in terms of signings. We saw Alexander, yes, but Kevin Fogg's moving on. Taylor Loeffler seems to be moving on as well. Uh, No signings to address those yet. But does having an incredible pass rush perhaps cover up some deficiencies in the secondary? Well, it can help, uh, no question, because, you know, if the quarterback's rushed or he's not getting time to, you know, to move around the pocket, he's, you know, he he doesn't have time to to find receivers. You know, the Bombers' secondary was a lot better last year, and I think a lot of people are looking at, you know, the the previous couple years, and, and it was still guilt by association, but their numbers were a lot better last year. They gave up the fewest plays of 30 yards or more, I think the second fewest touchdowns through the air last year. So I know where you're going with this, Christian. You know, they, they cut Chris Randall. He goes to Ottawa. Taylor Loeffler is still a free agent. Kevin Fogg is signed with Toronto. So that's a lot of turnover for a, a secondary that I thought got better last year. But, you know, they did have Marcus Sales was an, a, a nice surprise as a rookie last year. Getting Alexander back was important. You know, Anthony Gator can play both at halfback and, and at linebacker where he did last year. Chandler Fenner's still there. They're really high on Chris Humes, who started the last game of the regular season at corner. I'm not so sure that they're going to go out and find pieces in free agency and in, in at least established names in free agency to fill the holes in the secondary. I think they're going to rely on their their scouting staff to find more pieces like Marcus Sales, Brandon Alexander, Chris Humes, those kind of guys that have come through here in the last couple of years. No position group has undergone more changes over the last two, three years than the secondary. And I think that's going to be a common denominator for, for this secondary in years to come. It's just the way that, that this team is spending its money is it, it, they think they can find defensive backs that can cover man on man and that they can get coached up real well by Jordan Younger and his bunch. So that's going to be an interesting area to watch, though, as we get closer to training camp is what they do with that secondary. Let's pivot to the offense now. You had a chance to talk to Nick Dembski today. Was he ever close to leaving Winnipeg? Well, you know, when you get this close to free agency, and he was actually a free agent for a few hours, uh, I think he was a bit nervous. He said, you know, he did field some calls. His agent and him did field some calls, and so there was interest out there. But I think he really found a home in Winnipeg last year. You know, it is his hometown. Played for the Bisons and Oak Park High School. And so, that you know, the, naturally there's a fit that way. But I think he found a home in Paul Lapalise's offense after three years of sort of spot duty in Saskatchewan. He started 17 games, was third on the team in rushing yardage and third on the team in receiving yardage. And I, I think there's just a comfort level in, in what, he was in what he worked with with Paul at police. And I think he wants more of that. And, you know, it's not always a chance to start everywhere. This is the thing about free agency is, you know, guys like Mike Riley, Trevor Harris, Bo Levi Mitchell, Greg Allenson, the established guys can move around and get pay raises, but the second tier of players aren't always uh, going to hear their phone ringing off the hook and necessarily going to get raises when they hit the open market. So I think he was quite happy to stay where he wanted to stay and still feel that he's got room to grow in that offense. Do the Bombers still need to get another receiver, perhaps a, a vertical receiver that can really uh, test opposing defenses deep? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what a lot of people were hoping that they would do today in free agency. And I still, 
we're, you know, not even 24 hours into free agency. So there's still time to find one, but you know, the, the names have come off the list too. I know they, they kicked the tires on a few guys that were signed today by other teams. Um, and there's still a couple names out there. Uh, it, it'll be interesting. They've done a nice job. I think in the off season of adding guys, you know, that bounced around the, the NFL, you know, um, Garrett Johnson was the leading receiver at Kentucky. He's an interesting piece. They signed a guy, Dom Washington, last week. That's an intriguing prospect, too. But those kind of guys you expect to bring every in every year. And I know what you're saying. Let's let's see if they can find an, uh, an established piece that can maybe, you know, stretch a defense vertically and give Darvin Adams a little bit more room. And I, those those guys still might be out there, but, I, you know, it's not going to be the Greg Ellingson's or Tavares Daniels of the world uh, just because they're – they're gone off the market already, and Darrell Walker's asking for a ton of money too. So that's still an area of need, I think, for the Bombers, but uh, we'll see if they address that in the next couple of days. Do any of the likes of Naaman Roosevelt, Chris Matthews, Terrence Tolliver, Manny Arsenault, Chris Williams, could they one of those guys fit that role for Winnipeg? Well, absolutely. The only one I would uh, put an asterisk beside with those is Chris Williams. I think he's coming off an Achilles injury, so I'm not so sure that he would be ready right away, okay. Christian. But any one of those other guys, absolutely, they would look good in bomber colors. Uh, the thing is, as some of the other names came off the uh, the free agent board today, you wonder if those guys, if their value, the ones that are still available, like Walker and Arsenal, as you said, or Roosevelt, you wonder if their value goes up or down because the market has shrunk or does it go up because the market has shrunk? And, you know, I think the Bombers are kicking the tires on all those guys. And uh, I think any one of them would be, would fit that need that you, you talked about earlier in terms of uh, stretching a defense. Looking around the league after, you know, like you said, we're only – 10 hours into free agency, but feels like it's been a, a week already, just how much activity there was today. Where do you think yeah. the Bombers fit in the overall scheme of the league right now? Well, yeah, it's really interesting. It's it's hard not to fixate on what happened in BC and Edmonton because of all the turnover there. You know, clearly both those clubs, well, first of all, when Edmonton loses uh, a Mike Riley, you think, wow, they're, they're screwed here. But the, what they were able to do in terms of adding Harris and Sir Vincent Rogers and Greg Ellingson was massive. And then of course, BC uh, added a whole lot too. And, and those are the two teams that finished fourth and fifth in the division last year. Saskatchewan's brought back Zach Caleros, but they took some hits. Um, and of course, Chris Jones isn't there anymore. And, and, you know, you look at Calgary and every year we talk about Calgary and maybe there's going to be a drop off and, Yes, they were able to re-sign Bo Levi Mitchell, but man, they took some hits as well, not only today, but in terms of losing guys to the NFL this offseason. So uh, the interesting thing about what's happened today is that you could, you know, I'm one of those guys that used to be a traditionalist that said they should keep the divisions and have the East-West and and that whole thing. But man, after what's happened today, it just kind of, compounds the argument that maybe the, the league should go to the one division and the top six teams make the playoffs because the the top five teams you could make the case are all in the West division yeah. now, especially after the purge in Ottawa and what's happened or not happening in Toronto and, and Montreal. It's it's just unbelievable how every all the, the good talent has migrated West. Can't help the league. It's going to be, you know, tough for really the West is, I almost feel like it's going to cannibalize itself and you might have a team at 12 and six win the, 
win the West, but you could also have a team in 10th in f- or in fifth place with 10 wins and they miss the playoffs, right? Because you have a Hamilton team that's a pretty decent, but after that, you might have a 6-12 and 12 Ottawa team that could host a playoff game. Yeah, that's where it gets really uh, kind of, it's it's dumbfounding and it's also frustrating for teams in the West. Like yeah. Edmonton missed the playoffs last year at nine. If they had been in the East Division, they would have hosted the East Division semifinal. That, to me, speaks of the imbalance. Mm-hmm. That head-to-head last year, the West beat the East 28. The record was 28-12 and 12 in the 40 head-to-head matchups, and I think that could get even more mm-hmm. uh, lopsided this year. It's just nuts what's happened, and I really think it screams out to go back to just or just to go to one division, nine teams, top six make the playoffs. I think that voices for that are going to get amplified over the next 12 months. Ed, I appreciate you coming on the show as always. Right on, Christian. Have a good day, man. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. Yes.